Welcome to the Bulls Guys Podcast, where we give you the most unbiased and unfiltered opinions on your Chicago Bulls. I'm your host, Kenyatta Wright, and this is my co-host, Mr. Greg Love from Chicago, Illinois, the windy city, the home of the D-Sitch. What's going on? Greg, good days for Chicago Bulls right now, one, two in a row. But we got those big monsters in the East that we're gonna have to try to take care of. We got Slay, like David Slay Goliath. We're gonna go into the show. We got a lot to talk about today. Boots possibly being traded. KC dropping some bombs this week. We also got the Chicago Bulls schedule coming up. How do they match up against the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, and the Milwaukee Bucks? All that and more after this. You want the most uncensored and blunt podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast. As only K-Dub and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and all social media platforms. You're listening to the Bulls Guys Podcast, where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe. All right, we're back on the Bulls Guys podcast. So, Greg, the Chicago Chicago Bulls get a big victory over the LA Clippers last night. Now, this game, it seemed like they were going to lose. Bulls were down, fighting from behind literally the whole game. Down by as many as 15 points, I believe, in that contest, Greg. And um, I really admired the way the Bulls kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And But it took the Rosen coming up big with 50 points. It also took a couple threes from Pat and a couple key baskets from him late. And the Bulls just found that extra, that extra gear that I've been looking for for them to provide for weeks now. And these other games, they weren't able to do it. But here they are winning two in a row, one against Washington, which is a, a team that's that's a non-factor. And last night against the Clippers, which is a pretty good Clippers team if you add Paul George back to the mix, with they, which the Clippers did last night. Yeah. Um, give me your opinion on this game last night. I would say this is definitely a, a much-needed win, especially after the uh, Jekyll and Hyde way the Bulls have been playing as of late, where they, you know, they they win. It's like, okay, I think we got something going, and then they turn around and lose, and you, you know, ready to pull out your hair. But you know, it's a crazy kind of stat about uh, about Demar and his 50 burgers put up last night. Is that um, you know, Bleacher Bleacher Nation Bulls from the 439 mark of the fourth quarter to the end of OT, DeMar individually outscored the Clippers 24 to 23. And the Bulls outscored them as a team 39 to 23. So, I mean, looking at it, yeah, he, he took over and you know, I, I, I saw it's funny, look, looking at his face and I know, I, I'm not trying to make a comparison, but I saw that dog, I saw that Kobe kind of like all right I'm, I'm ready i'm ready to take us home i'm ready to take over right and you know i, I i've criticized demar and some of his shot selection because he does get in his modes where nobody else is touching the ball 
right? And that, that could be frustrating, too. But I think, you know, in this case, um, especially with him playing heavy minutes, Ayo playing heavy minutes, Zach playing heavy minutes, and, you know, Pat playing heavy minutes as well, and all kind of contributing, right? Like, not everybody is going to, you know, Vooch play heavy minutes as well, but not everybody's going to, you know, have these outrageous stats, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, DeMar didn't, it, it wasn't, He took, you know, 49 shots to get 50 points. He was pretty efficient, 17 for 26. Vooch got up 19 shots. Zach got up 17 shots. Kobe White got up 12 shots. So it was, I I say, a nice all-around game as far as people being able to get their shots up. Now, DeMar, you know, was able to get his, and I think that's what was important. But, I mean, the fact that they were able to share the rock and everybody was able to kind of get their touches, I think that's, what I'm hoping to see more, you know, a more team-oriented game, of course, like I said, as far as an offense, an actual offense, instead of just, you know, Zach is your turn, DeMar is your turn. And speaking of Zach, too, I, I do like his aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, as much, you know, I said before, he needs to stop, you know, chirping at the referees. But uh, there, there's another crazy stat that uh, since March 7th, Zach has shot the fifth most total free throws in the league, only behind Embiid, Giannis, Harden, and Jokic. Mm-hmm. So he's averaging 9.6 free throws attempt a game over the last 12 games. Mm-hmm. And he shot double-digit free throws attempts five times. So that aggressive going to the hole, because there have been times, again, like like tomorrow when Zach has gotten jump shot happy, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, do like, I do like the aggressiveness. Uh, from Zach and, you know, like I said, forcing the referee's hands to have to make those calls, right? Like, again, even last night, you know, Zach getting to the line. Um, so, like I said, overall, I think it was a great win against a really good team, a quality team. Uh, this this is one of the wins that, you know, we needed against a quality opponent. You know, like you said, Washington's not really a factor, not really much to play for other than kind of playing spoiler. But, um mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this this is a good win to kind of show where the Bulls are as a team. And the Clippers have some balanced scoring. They got 22 points from Paul George. Reggie Jackson added 34 points. Zubak had 11. Um, Morris, the Morris twin, had 20 points. And Batum had 17. And then off the bench, you had Kennard with 11 points. So they had like uh, six guys in double figures on their team. And then to bring Paul George back to a veteran team like that, with uh Ty Lu on the sideline coaching that Clippers team. This should this this has yeah. to go down as one of those big biggest wins of the season because the Bulls, I mean, what the Bulls beat the Clippers early in the season, Greg. So I don't know if this qualifies as a big well, win like Kendall Gill has been saying, because this is a team we've beaten already. Yeah, but I mean looking at it be Paul George and Kawhi. Like this time we did beat mm-hmm. in the season and then got stomped out by him, right? So Overcoming that star that they have, because in in that Utah game, you saw Donovan Mitchell just go bananas, right? Like in Paul George, you know, going back the other night where he just, you know, went bananas on Utah, ironically, right? Like having somebody who has that capability and still being able to withstand that and get the W. I think that's the most important thing, especially heading into the playoffs where you're not going to see these cupcake teams, right? Like you're going to be matched up with either Boston or Philadelphia or, you know, Miami or Milwaukee, right? Like where there is just star power all around. It's not, you're not going to get a Washington or an Orlando or something like that. So being able to withstand it, I think that that shows um, 
that the Bulls are making strides in the right direction and uh, especially heading into the playoffs. Well, you definitely want a confidence builder going into the playoffs. You don't want to have, you know, uh, a Debbie Downer going headed into the playoffs. And here we are with only five games left, Greg, and uh, this is a perfect time for us to go into the Bulls' upcoming schedule. They have three of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference coming up on their schedule, Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston. Definitely probably the toughest stretch, you can say, of the season for the Bulls. They had one back in January when they faced the Brooklyn Nets and the Warriors back-to-back at the United Center. But this, Greg, with these three top teams playing the way they are right now, Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston, play all three playing their top ball. Um, Boston losing um, Williams the other day due to an ACL uh, meniscus, a meniscus tear. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they kind of slowed down. Um, but I still think Boston still is going to be pretty solid. They still got a lot of veterans over there, Marcus Smart. But – Man, Greg, this has got to be like the toughest point right now for us. And we absolutely have to win with Toronto behind us for number five. We absolutely have to win. We can't afford to lose any more games. And these are three teams. We The only team on the on this list that we have beaten is Boston. We split with them. Two, two games in Boston split 1-1. But the other two teams, Miami and, and uh, Milwaukee, the Bulls are winless, Greg. Totally, as far as needing these games too. I think for one, we need them as confidence builders, especially going to the playoffs and teams that you would probably see, especially if we're going deeper in the playoffs, like you're going to need to know like, yes, we can beat these guys. Right. And I I honestly think as weirdly as this sounds, I think this is kind of a a good time to kind of catch these teams a little bit. Like Miami was kind of sliding towards the end of the season. They were what, like on a four or five game losing streak at one point. You know, Jimmy Butler, you down his hands on getting into it, right? Like, so yeah. maybe maybe there's a little bit of chink in that armor. Milwaukee, you know, just played that real back and forth last night with Brooklyn. That was a hell of a game, right? I, I caught yeah. that at the end of that in OT. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Maybe maybe some fatigue there, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. May, you know, and then, like you said, Boston's missing Robert Williams, right? Like, maybe the Bulls could take advantage of that. Get away, like I, optimistically, right? Like I would hope at at best we go, you know, we we go three out of three, right? I, I think this, I think against Miami, we that that's a game we could have, and Boston is another game we could have, and we really need to win these games because Toronto's schedule, they only have realistically two kind of tough games. They got uh, mm. they got Philly on there. And I think they got another top team, but then maybe Atlanta might be a tough game for them, but they're only a half game back. So we really need these games. Well, if we tie with a, with Toronto, the Bulls own the tie break against Toronto. They won one in Toronto. They won one in Chicago and they dropped one in Toronto. So that puts us two one against them in the season. I be, We didn't play them four times. I think we played them three times and we, we yeah, won the times. season series against them. Um, we, we won the season series against Cleveland. So if we tie against Cleveland. So the Bulls have that to rely on, you know. If so they fall into a tie with these teams, they'll ultimately get the fifth seed. But for me, uh, for my selfish reasons, I would like to play Boston in the first round, especially since they lost Robert Williams with that meniscus tear. And I hate to take advantage of a team while they're down, but out of the three teams that is in the top three echelon right now, Boston's the only team, Greg, I don't know if you realize this, the Bulls have never beaten the Boston Celtics in a playoff series. Never. Not even when Michael Jordan played. We have never beaten the Boston Celtics in a playoff series. 
And the last time we made the playoffs, this was the team that knocked us out of the playoffs. So for my own selfish reasons, that would be the matchup, would be a dream matchup for me with the Bulls winning, of course. Yeah, I mean, with the Boston thing, I don't know. Like, to me, so much, I don't put so much stock into that, just yeah. in the fact that, like I, like, I, like, I understand where you're coming from, just wanting to have that, you know, get – get that off get that monkey off your back but you know during the michael jordan years that was very early when they played them and then during that championship run they never played boston so if they would have played them wouldn't have been an issue and then like you said last time that team i mean what they were 500 like exactly like it wasn't even like you know, I mean, it was the ac yeah. yeah so i mean that that and plus maybe if Rajon Rondo doesn't get hurt. Maybe they beat Boston because they were up 2-0, but that's neither here nor there. Like, I, I, I do think, you know, if we get Boston, we could beat them. I even think if we get Philly, like, we could beat them in the way that James Harden kind of chokes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, Miami, I feel like, could probably be the toughest matchup. But, again, that's more of a mental battle to me, yeah. more so than on the court. I feel like on the court, they could probably beat Miami mentally. Oh, well. That I I just mean like I saw his physicality. Like I think the Bulls overall are more skilled. I guess that's the right. better way to put it. Well, Boston overall, lost. Though, right. Well, Boston lost two in a row. Um, Miami and, and and Milwaukee won two in a row. So those teams are really riding high right now. And um, so out of those three teams, I think the best chance for the Bulls to get a victory would be against Boston. But, of course, I want to beat every single team because, yeah. I mean, Miami we and Milwaukee, we owe them. Yeah. Um, but with the Chicago Bulls moving forward, man, and getting healthy, getting Patrick Williams back, getting Caruso back a couple games ago, I think those acquisitions – well, not necessarily acquisitions, but getting them back kind of really, really boosts us. And then you look at – take a look at what Pat did last night with 10 points and 12 rebounds – and the way he was able blocks. to get, yeah, a couple blocks, and he was able to get some key points when we really, really needed them. It wasn't like he just scored. He scored when we really needed a bucket. Yeah. Hit the corner three, you know, then he got the dunk, the key dunk, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, what was that, in regulation, I believe, to help. Yeah, it was in the fourth. It was like 7.30-something left in the fourth. Yeah, to help tie that game up before DeRozan tied it up at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was really really huge, man. And I think his best game since being a pro in a in a meaningful game and a winning moment when we really needed him, and he showed up and really came through. And um, man, I think this guy and it was a key, it was a good good um adjustment by Billy Donovan to put him in the game, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it, 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 as far as getting guys back too, right? Like timing's great, right? Like going into the playoffs. And I know a side note, they're talking about Lonzo kind of ramping up his uh, his rehab again and still having that open possibility of him coming back for the playoffs. But uh, yeah, back back to Pat, man. Like like you said, like it wasn't necessarily about the score. Because if you just look at the, you know, you look at the box score and you look at it, it's like, oh, he only had 10 points, right? Like doesn't seem like a lot. But like you said, like those are impactful baskets. Like the points matter. I think that that's what's important, especially as a confidence builder going forward, too, because he knows in those clutch moments, all right, you know, I know I could get down and make these shots when we need them. Mm-hmm. And I think that also helps Zach and DeMar in knowing, like, okay, we got this other guy that we can trust that I know is going to knock down shots for us because he's proven, he's proving that he can do that. 
Well, I'll tell you who's not proving himself, and that's Kobe White. I don't know <laughs> what has happened with this guy, Greg. I, I don't know what happens with this guy, Greg. I mean, I mean, he can't hit nothing. If you see, like, the games he's had in the past five games, somebody posted a stat up in Bullseye group, Bullseye Facebook group. And um, also, fans, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Excuse our rudeness. We just wanted to really jump into the show. Um, please comment below so we can interact. But, yeah, somebody posted a stat up in Bullseye group, and this guy literally scored 23 points in one game. And the rest of the game, he scored under 10 points, Greg. One of the games, his most highest-scoring game, with six points, I'm like, what is this guy like? What's is he going through like some kind of crisis or no. is he mad because he's not starting? I don't, I don't know. Something is going on there, but he ain't this bad of a player. Well, this, this is the thing. I think this is this is Kobe, in a sense of you're gonna get. Uh, he's gonna shoot. That's it. That's his thing. He gonna shoot. Is he always gonna make it? No, but he gonna shoot. Like even in the games where he's scoring six, right? Like. Uh, and not having it right in front of me. I'm pretty sure it wasn't like he was one for three with six points. Mm. Right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, it, you know, he's maybe two for 17 for six points. Kobe's going to shoot. He's just not always hitting it. But this has been who Kobe has been since he since he got drafted. The man is going to shoot. Regardless if we make it or missing him, he's going to shoot. So, yeah, when, when he's on, it's great. When he's not, it's bad. But, I mean – that that's I've come to expect that from him. Well, last night I hope Billy is really showing the players the box score, Greg, because these guys scored seventy points in the paint last night to forty for the Clippers. So that's basically why the Bulls won, Greg. Let's let's just be real right now. The Bulls haven't attacked the basket that much yesterday in a long time. I can't remember the last time they actually did that, and I can't remember the last time they had seventy points in the paint. 7-0, ladies and gentlemen. 70 points for the Bulls in the paint last night. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this kind of goes back. And, and, and you've been kind of harping on this when you've been talking about getting a big man. And I've been talking about mm-hmm. the same thing. We're talking about, you know, telling Vooch to get in the paint, right? But this is the thing. Like, the Bulls, you know, Vooch, like I said, Levine being aggressive going to the paint. Even DeMar being aggressive going to the paint. Right? Like, this is the thing. You can score in the paint. Getting jump shot happy, especially when you're kind of not that great a jump shooting team. Like, yes, you know, DeMar is the master of the mid-range, right? But, like, nobody else is the master of any type of jump shot. Zach is a very good three-point shooter. He's not the master of three-point He's not Steph, right? Like, Kobe is not that, right? Like, you guys need to get your buckets in the paint. And, again, putting, putting the onus on the refs, to have to call these fouls too, because those are easy buckets, right? Like if you get into the bucket, you get fouled. It's obvious because the NBA also has to look at those tapes, right? So it, it's obvious. Get get easy points that way. Do do the James Harden thing, right? He was getting a lot of his points off of free throws, right? Like do that. There's nothing wrong with that if you got to win the game. Get to the paint, like you said. You can dominate in the paint, and when you do, the game is so much easier. And those jump shots probably start falling a little bit easier because you're getting into a rhythm. So how about this, Greg? Patrick Williams shot a perfect field goal percentage from three and from the field. Two for two from three. Four for four from the field. Kobe White, on the other hand, one for seven from three. Five for 12 from the field, Greg. Now, P. Will took his points in rhythm. 
You understand what I'm saying? And this is how, the reason why I singled out both of them like that is because both of these guys, they're both in their early stages. They're both at the same peak right now. But the way that P. Will plays, and he's a bigger player than Kobe White, so I'm not comparing them as far as players and styles. I'm, I'm comparing them as far as patience and letting the game come to you. I feel like Kobe forces the issue too much with shooting. I feel like he should attack the rim more. Um, it doesn't matter how you get your points, Greg, as long as you get your baskets. You see what I'm saying? Why does it have to be a jump shot? And last night, P. Will said something in his interview, his, his post-game interview. He said, we know when we run the floor, no team can play with us in a full-court game. So the fact that he said that, Greg, that really set me up because I'm like, okay, now I know that these players already know what, what, their, what their strengths are, so why don't you do it every night? Try to figure out a way to force teams to guard you in the open court. Remember I said this before, Greg, yep. teams can't guard them in transition. Yep. But the again, first game that they played in the UC when they played against Milwaukee, I noticed Milwaukee could not guard them when they were running the ball. So Milwaukee yeah. tried to slow the game down, and they accomplished doing that. And when they slowed the game down, that pretty much put Middleton in isolation and allowed him to post up Kobe White and some of our smaller guards like Ayo. But when we yeah. was running, they couldn't get a hold on us, Greg. So the Bulls have to – and that's not the first time I noticed that. Yeah. They but, have to get out and transition and run. And moving forward in the playoffs, that needs to be their strategy. Right. Again, though, that's coaching. Like, that's what I've been t- – that's coaching, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's on Billy Donovan. You know, and, you know, and to, and to your point about, you know, Pat and Kobe, again, like like you said, like, two different guys, two different styles. Like, Pat, especially at this point in his career, because Kobe, I think he's got a year on him. But yeah. in looking at it, Pat is still learning, and he's in the, he's at the stage where he's going to ha- allow the game to come to him and work within the flow. Kobe's not that type of player. Like, Kobe, even going back to college, Kobe is a guy where I'm going to get my shot. Damn the offense. I'm going to get mine. That's kind of how he is. And honestly, I think trying to rein that in could create more problems because I think Kobe's going to get in his head if yeah. you you do try to rein it in some. So I think at a point, like, you kind of got to let Kobe be Kobe. And, you know, you, you got to take the good with the bad with that. But, yeah, to your point, again, I, I agree with you. The Bulls need to run, especially against these teams, like, like you said, a Milwaukee, who's a very long team, right? Like have a lot of length. Yes, if you get them in transition, they can't set up because once they set up, you basically got nowhere to go, right? But if you're running, no, they can't get set up and everybody's in scramble mode. Same thing with Miami, right? Like if you get them running, everybody's in scramble mode. If they can set up their defense, these are good defensive teams. So they're go- you're going to have trouble with that. So, yeah, like you said, the Bulls need to run. Milwaukee reminds me of the Sp- they're like the Spurs of the East, man. They don't want no run out, drag out, young boy, um, full court game. They don't want that. And I'm I'm a real, I'm ain't gonna lie, Greg. I'm a little bit like you know pissed off that we couldn't win this division, man. It looks like we're not gonna win it. But I wanted the division, man. I wanted to win the division title, bro. I did. And most Bulls fans probably not into division titles, but I am. We won a couple when D Rose was here, and um. Man, yo, the Bulls just had a rocky season, man, and we was at the top for so long, Greg, and then Bulls fans on Bullseye Group was like, why am I so hard on the team? Because it's hard to drop all of these games when you've been winning all year. Well, yeah, because it's it's frustrating, Greg. Like I said, it's frustrating when 
you you see the potential, right? Like if you see the peak and how good they could be when they're clicking on all cylinders, mm-hmm. and then they turn around the next game and you know get ran out the gym, and, and it's like and all of these games straight. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's like, what are y'all doing? Like, why couldn't y'all play like y'all played? You know, a, a, a week ago, right? What happened right. to that team? It's like it's it's like it's not even the same team out there, <laughs> right? right? That's what's so frustrating because it is like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation where it's like y'all play good and it's like, okay, I think we got it. We got something. You understand, you know, key points. All right. We need to, you know, we need to give Vooch in the post, right? Like if we're going to run a half court, give Vooch in the post. All right. We need to run, right? Like, and you see that successful. And then you go away from it and it's like, what are you doing? Like, it's like you did, like that stuff never even happened. So that's the frustrating part. And I get it as a fan. Like you said, you can see. They were at the top. They were first in the East for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you drop and now you're fifth and you're kind of fringe fifth where you're fighting to keep that spot. And it's like, what what happened? And it really is inconsistent play and inconsistent coaching. Well, what you just said, the, the last thing you just said, I think that's what it is. I mean, listen, you have a lot of teams in the NBA, Greg. Every team doesn't play the same in the league. You understand that? But at the same time, the Phoenix Suns have their style, but they can also bring other teams down to their level and force teams to play their style. The Bulls trying to force teams to play their style, that's going to take coaching. You decided that you want to play small ball. Okay, so you have to run. You can't play small ball and play half court. You know what I'm saying? These teams are going to expose you with with their size if you try to play a half court, slow it down game. So you have to tire them out. You have to run. And the Bulls have the athletes to play that way. And they're going to have to play that way in the playoffs. And it's hard to do that because we all know that the playoffs is mostly half court, Greg. But the yep. Bulls will have to force that kind of game because I'm going to tell you right now. And, I, and then I had a debate on Bullseye Group the other day. Um, this is where most Bulls chats get down. So that's why I'm always referring to my Bullseye Group on Facebook. And then you fans out there listening, feel free to go out there and join the Bullseye Facebook group. We have like over 3,000 members in that group. And we're fanatic Bulls fans. And um, I enact with all my fans that's on my page. And they was basically telling me that the Bulls have a problem that they can't rebound. And I'm like, no, they, they can rebound. Because I can point to some games with Greg where we were overmatched as far as size. The Cavaliers, when we played them the first game. You remember how they destroyed us with their size back in Cleveland, Greg? Yeah. Then the second, third game, we played them. We just obliterated them on the boards. We just destroyed Cleveland. Because the Bulls did it by committee, Greg, and they didn't try to go one-on-one with Cleveland's bigs. They packed them up. They they, they they threw, like, three defenders at their big men, and they made their big men make quick decisions, Greg. They they swarmed them on the, on, the, on the boards, Greg, and was able to, instead of one Bulls player jumping for the board against Mobley, three Bulls players jumped. That's how they're going to have to defend these bigger teams. Get out and run. Make them make tough decisions. Swarm them. There's a method that you can beat bigger teams, Greg, and I've seen the Bulls do it, but I don't think the Bulls realize what they can do to beat these bigger teams. Again, coaching, man. But this, this, this is my this is my thing, right? Like, if you're talking in the playoffs and you have to play half court, that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, I feel like the Bulls are capable of playing half court. But, again, if you're going to play half court, I feel like running it through the post is going to be your best weapon in playing half court. Now, I'm not saying Vooch needs, you know, 30 touches a game or whatever. But at the same time, like, he needs to be established as a credible threat instead of doing that pick and pop all the time where it's like, okay, Vooch is sitting at the three-point line. At that point, you have zero chance of getting an offensive rebound, right? Like that – 
because your big man is already outside the paint, so I don't have to worry about that. And if we're talking about getting back in transition, Vooch is kind of going to be your first line of defense because he's the farthest back. So I feel like having him in the, in the post running the half court is going to be where you're going to be successful there. But I do think you can run as well during the playoffs, right? Like I go back to those Steve Nash Phoenix Suns teams, right? They were getting to the conference finals and still playing a running gun offense, mm. right? So you can do it. You just have to be, I mean, they were just running up against the Spurs, who's a very, who at the time was a very good defensive team, right? Like, so that was kind of their issue, just styles clash. But you can do it. The Bulls could be successful doing it, but they have to be consistent in what they're doing. I feel like run if you can, if the opportunity presents itself, run. If you have to play half court, run it through the post and run your offense that way. Because DeMar is still going to get his. Zach is still going to get his. But if Vooch, like I said, like Vooch here, if he is a threat in the post and teams are forced to double team him, somebody's open, right? And if that ball gets to swinging, somebody's going to get a good open shot. Yeah, man. And speaking of Vooch, man, when we come back, we're going to discuss Vooch and trade rumors. My man Casey Johnson dropped the bomb this week. And I know it ain't no fraud, fraudulent report because Casey Johnson is one of the main Bulls reporters. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Thanks for tuning in to the Bulls Guys podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about us for unbiased and unfiltered opinion on your Chicago Bulls. That's the Bulls Guys podcast. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, The Bulls Guys Podcast, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com, and we'll be glad to have you on. So we're back on The Bulls Guys Podcast, Bulls fans. DeMar DeRozan dropped 50 last night and drawing six other Bulls players to also do it. Do you know who those Bulls players are, Greg? Uh, I would other, say Zach. Five. Zach, he did it. Um, what He did it last April against the Hawks, I believe. That was the last one to do it. Uh, uh, MJ, obviously, like a, a bunch of times. Uh, uh, ready? With D-Rose, maybe? Well, yep, you got most of them right. Um, the other guys that you didn't guess is Jimmy Butler, yeah, Jamal Crawford, yeah, and Chet okay. Walker. Okay, I probably I, I wouldn't have gone to Chet Walker. I probably would have eventually made it to Jamal Crawford because I mean I feel like funny you know thinking about Kobe. I think like he is a kind of Jamal Crawford disciple. Jamal Crawford was a shooter too. Like he, he, he could cook, or he could be off too. But yeah, uh, back back to these uh, Vooch trade rumors and possibilities. What 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 you got for me? Well, Casey Johnson was reporting that um, the Bulls are willing and free are willing and free agency to trade Nikola Vucevic for another All Star. 
Now, the names that are thrown out there that the Bulls are planning to go after, according to Casey Johnson from the Chicago Tribune, is Anthony Davis, DeAndre Ayton, or Utah Jazz's Rudy Gobert. Now, I would want Rudy Gobert. So mm. just to be just to be uh you know frank. Uh Rudy is more what I'm looking for from a big man. We don't really need a scorer, we just need somebody to rebound, block shots. And who's gonna do that more than Rudy? He can also score around the basket. He's an all-star. Um Anthony Davis is is I think he's done, brother. I really do. Um I know he's a Chicago guy, he's from Chicago, and he probably wanna go home, come back home. I don't want Anthony Davis, Greg. I just he, don't. he had his chance. He had his chance. He had his chance. And then he's he's about to be 30 years old. And I'm a little sick of the Bulls keep on grabbing these guys that's at the end of their road. They did it with Dwayne Wade recently. He he returned back to Chicago. And I just don't want us to keep on doing this with these guys at the end of the road. DeAndre Ayton, I'd love to have him. And there's rumors that Phoenix might not extend him. Um, so there you go. I mean, what what do you what do you think is the possibility of these things happening? Uh, I think the Anthony Davis one is the most unlikely, mm-hmm. just because I I feel like the Bulls would have to. It wouldn't just be Vooch; they would have to give up Demar too, and there's no point and no reason to do that, especially like you said for an aging Anthony Davis who can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that's the biggest thing. If we were talking. Well, not even New Orleans Pelicans, Anthony Davis, because he wasn't healthy either. But he's not playing at the MVP level. He mm. barely plays at all. So for a part-time player, you're putting yourself pretty much back where you were pre-Vooch, where it's mostly going to be Zach. Um, so, no, I don't I don't particularly like that one. I, like you said, I get it. Chicago kid wants to come back home. But, again, like I said, he had his chance. He had his chance. He chose to re-up with the Lakers. He want he wanted to be the next face of the Lakers. That's fine. Do that. Rudy Gobert. I feel like that would be a good fit, depending on what he's looking for. Because if he's looking to be like a second option or something like that, or if he's looking to be more of an offensive weapon, it's probably not going to work because that's not what he's going to get here. But if he is sticking to his, you know, rim protector, rebounding, you know, kind of getting put putbacks and lobs that'll work perfectly that'll be great mm-hmm. you know that we have that rim protector and demar and zach could do what they do and he can get easy buckets that would be great deandre ayton i think that is kind of the middle ground like could it work yes but i don't know if he wants to be an offensive focal point uh because then you would also have to somewhat alter your style of play because he definitely would need his touches like he would be i think a guy who would rightfully so have the opportunity to, to demand more touches as opposed yeah. to like Vooch. Like I kind of feel like with Vooch, and this is no disrespect, but I kind of feel like if he was like, I want more touches, you could kind of be like, ah, get out of here. Right? Like with DeAndre Aiden, like I don't feel like if you acquired him, you would be able to do that so much. But the crazy part about it is, um, Greg, between these three, who's the most versatile? Anthony Davis. But I wouldn't want him because of his injured past and his age. He, he can't. He can't, I say this: Did does he have the most potential to be, you know, all time great player? Yes, when he's healthy and when he's on, yes, he's damn near unstoppable. But that's the thing: like him being healthy is such a big if because he's just never been healthy, at least for long stretches. Like he can be dominant, but it, 
he has to be on the court like that. Like that's the thing. Like he plays maybe a third of the season each year. Like that 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 doesn't really really help you. But yeah, you know he had that great run in the bubble as far as the you know the playoffs recently. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know he again not staying not staying healthy. That's that's the biggest thing. Like health with him is the biggest thing. That's kind of got to derail him, right? Like I'm starting to put him in that category of your Tracy McGrady's, your Penny Hardaway's, your Grant Hills, where mm. you look at it like they had so much potential to be so great. Like, and not that they weren't great players, but like they could have been so much more if they were able to stay healthy. And that's that kind of where I'm at with Anthony Davis. That Grant Hill and Penny, that Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady team, and and back in those Orlando days, what it was, what this was, Greg, and back in 2003 or 2004. Yeah, around it. Yeah, man. They, how good would that team? I think even think it was ninety nine or somewhere around that, or two thousand that that team got it was, together. It was it was post two thousand, probably two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere yeah. around there. Greg, if those two guys didn't get hurt, man, I think they could have won the East, brother. They they could have they 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 could have, but that, that's what I mean, right? Like so much potential, right? Like and it's like health completely derailed them. Like, yeah, were they able to kind of have these longer careers, like kind of, but then at the end, right, like they're just kind of hanging around at the end of the bench or whatever. Like they're not having the same impact that they potentially could have had mm-hmm. if they were able to stay healthy and stay within their primes. And that's how I'm kind of looking at Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. right? Like because to acquire him, right, like I feel like the Lakers feel like they have a leverage. They're going to be like, okay, we want Vooch, we want DeMar, we want a first-round pick. I'm not willing to give all that up for Anthony Davis. You could get mm-hmm. Vooch, you could get Kobe. Well, well, like I told you in previous, like like I said in previous podcasts, Greg, the Bulls don't necessarily need a star. And this is where I feel like AK might mess this deal up because he might end up giving up too much. And then we probably be crippled on one end, but better on the other side. Mm. All you need is a shot blocker and somebody that can rebound, somebody that's a presence down low. Like I told you in the offseason last year, Greg, they could have got JaVale McGee and they passed on him. JaVale McGee's yeah. not a star. He's, he's just yeah. a role player. But he serves his purpose of what you need. And look yeah. what he's doing for the Phoenix Suns, Greg. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, and that there there's kind of guys that you could get, even, you know, going into next year, right? Like like you said, like a JaVale McGee, a Hassan Whiteside, mm-hmm. you know, even at this point, a Dwight Howard. Like, you can get, like, those type of guys that would really sit well with the Bulls, I, I believe, right? Like, I don't think you, you know, like you said, you necessarily need to mortgage your entire future to get a star. I think you can make it work with what you have because I think this season has shown in spurts like the Bulls can play really, really well, right? Like we're just kind of missing, you know, a thing or two here, maybe a better coach, but that's, you know, something for, you know, another day. You know, even, um, you know, Casey Johnson uh, also made a point because I read an article again, kind of stayed the same thing you were about in the trade, but further down in the article, somebody asked him about the possibility of making a coaching change, and his answer was just no. So, you know, that's that's not on the horizon. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like a couple of tweaks here and there with the team that they have pretty much, like you said, maybe adding a shot block or something like that, they could make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, man. Um, the Bulls, and, and, I, and I made this point on Bullseye Group as well, Greg. I said that to one of my listeners and one of my uh, posters. I would like the Bulls to play the best team possible this year in the playoffs. Since they deem this just as a as an evaluation year, why not play against the Nets? Why not play against a big-time team if we're able to get a little higher 
in the standings, Greg. Why not? What do you now, have to lose? Let, if you let me have... let me ask you, let me ask you this: Do you do you partially want them to play the best teams for the fact that there's a real possibility they could get smacked, and it makes AK have to sit back and really evaluate the roster? That did cross my mind, Greg. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm looking at it from this end as well, Greg. If we lose against the very best, right, mm-hmm. and we give our all against the very best, going into the offseason, it should give you a clear idea what this team is missing if they were able to go up against the Milwaukee Bucks and lose. Why did they lose? The glaring reasons will be there, and then we can go back in the next year ready to take on a team like the Milwaukee and the Brooklyn. But you have to play against these teams to know where you're at, how good you are. We already know this year that the Bulls are not going to win the title, Greg. I think me and you know that. Do we want them to win the title? But we have to be realistic. Let's be realistic here. They're not going to win the championship. I mean, mean too, like to your point about them losing, I think it really depends on how they lose, right? Like if we play Milwaukee, let's say we get swept, right? I think why they lost. Yeah, I think think how they lost is going to be the key going into the offseason. And the reason I say this is if, let's say – they lose by four games, they get swept. Let's say they lose by a combined, I don't know, seven points, right? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I think AK looks at it and is like, okay, we need to make a minor tweak, right? Like maybe I could get, like you said, like a, a shot blocker. Maybe I, you know, can swing, you know, uh, get a JaVale McGee or somebody like that, right? If they just get absolutely obliterated, I think then he goes and is like, oh, we need an Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I think, so I think that's going to be important. If, if they lose and how they lose as far as the evaluation process. Uh, he dropped the ball on Serge Ibaka, man. You see what he's doing for Milwaukee? Oh, my gosh. And then we allowed, we allowed Milwaukee to get somebody else that we were supposed to get. I believe it was DeMarcus Cousins. They, Milwaukee is active, man. When they see that they need something, they go after it. And they go after a lot of bigs. See, they know what their strengths are, and they're going to utilize that. Yeah, And they're going to bring I'm- more guys in that complement that, that strength. Yeah, I mean, even even the DeMarcus, I don't think the DeMarcus Cousins thing would have worked, though, to be honest, mm-hmm. just based on the style of play that the Bulls have. Because, again, right. like DeMarcus Cousins, like it's not like he like he's big, but he's also not known for defense. He is the yeah. offensive minded big. So, yes, he would have been another big body, but not, you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, he's he's a more skilled offensively vooch to where what you're going to get on defense and it's probably going to be about the same. And a um, is a shooter, so. Yeah, That's but I mean, Ibaka, Ibaka started out as a shot blocker. So at least with, like you said, with him, like, I know I'm going to get shot blocking out of him, too. Or at least, mm. or at the very least, rim intimidation, which is right. what the Bulls need, right? Like, you kind of don't have that for the most part with the Bulls. Like, the best kind of rim intimidator we have is Tristan Thompson. And it's like, he's not known as this big shot blocker type of guy or guy who's going to force you to change shots, right? Change your shot or whatever. So, like, he's good. You know, I'm not knocking him, but, like, he's mm. not that guy. So, yeah, I think a guy like that, like you said, like maybe trying to go after Rudy Gobert or something like that. But, again, like even in doing that, you know, it kind of also have to look at it from the other team's perspective on why do I want this guy? Why do I want Vooch? Like I get it. He has an expiring contract coming up. But why would I want him from, you know, from my team? What does he feel for my team? Because if that's the case, I'm going to try to force AK to, you know, give up everything, right? to, you know, try to get a Rudy Gobert and from the Bulls perspective, I don't want to do that, right? Like, I'm willing to give you Vooch, right? Like, may, like, I'm not giving up Pat. I'm not giving, you know, most of the guys I'm not giving up realistically. I'm not giving up Zach. I'm not giving up DeMar. I'm not giving up Lonzo. I'm not giving up 
Caruso. I'm not giving up Pat, right? Like, so those those five guys are off limits. So you can have Vooch. You could probably have Kobe. I don't. I think Derek Jones is on a one-year contract. Tony Bradley. Right? No, like, let him go. I mean, but I'm just saying, as you get past those five guys, like, those are the five guys really who anybody would want, right? Like, mm-hmm. other, the rest of these guys are kind of like, they're, they're the guys that you end up throwing in in the trade, right? So, like, making it work might be a little bit difficult if other teams have that leverage, if the Bulls are like, we need to get rid of Vooch. But if it's like, okay, if AK, I, I, I'm hoping that he's going to be kind of smart about him, like, okay, well, I'll just kind of see, you know, what what the asking price is or what they're looking at. Because, again, like, those five guys definitely not giving up. Five, six guys, no, not giving up, right? I, not giving up IO, right? Like, six, not giving up IO. Not not good enough easy, you know. So if you're looking at it like that, what can I get with? Oh, this sounds bad to say, but the rest, right? Like Vooch, Kobe, might have to jo- throw Javante in if you're gonna get like a Rudy Gobert or something like that, right? Like Derrick Jones, maybe do have him included in like a sign and trade or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if I if I could swing a deal like that, cool, I'll go for it. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But also too. But yeah, it. the way the way the trade was was put out there though, Greg, it was like a straight up deal. And I think you're right. I don't think that's gonna happen. You're gonna have to add a little sugar to the coffee for so for, for a team. Yeah, I, I, I think. Up. Yeah, I think the only straight, the only way it works straight up is just because of the money, not because of the actual players. Right. Well, when we come back, Greg, I'm gonna go into my final word, and then we're gonna give our final goodbyes for the night to the Bulls fans after this. You want the most uncensored and blunt podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast. As only K-Dub and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and all social media platforms. Final word. So the Chicago Bulls win two in a row, get back on track, get their first meaningful victory of the two against the LA Clippers. With their young pup, Patrick Williams, as one of the major contributors. So this is it. Now the Bulls look forward to face three of the East top teams. Perfectly orchestrated all year, that's the Chicago Bulls couldn't beat the top teams and now here they are to end the season facing their toughest challenge in the face before they head to the playoffs in life you have to face your demons and you have to also conquer them if the Bulls are able to conquer their demons they're moving forward they'll maintain the mental capacity that they need to withstand the true war in April and May On the Bulls Guys podcast, Greg. So Miami is coming into town on Monday. With all the things that's going on between them, man, maybe Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler will choke each other out in the locker room and maybe they won't be able to play. And maybe the Bulls get to take advantage of Miami, Greg. 
maybe you know maybe it can happen maybe Spo gets in between them and pulls the Jeff bag up you know <laughs> be nice but uh, you know really I, I again we've been saying this every time we talk about the Bulls playing Miami and have been frustrated each time but I do feel like the Bulls have the tools to be able to beat with Miami not just hang with them but beat them what's been hurting the Bulls is they've been letting the other guys beat them like who, who was that went off Matt was Max Struess who went off last time he had Tyler Hero going like it's not it's not Jimmy Butler and Bam that's beating them I like it's these other guys so, I mean Vooch let Deadman put them on a poster didn't he yeah, so I mean, like, if we're looking at it like that, from a game plan standpoint, that is what you want to force Miami to do. You know, put the ball in Max Struess or, you know, Duncan Robinson or somebody else's hands and force them to beat you. But again, you got to stop these guys, too. Like, you have to make it difficult for them. So, again, like, I think I think the game plan is right. The execution is where is what's been off. Well, you know, life life uh, sends some funny messages, Greg. I mean, here we've been all year saying the Bulls have not beaten any top echelon teams. And they went through the whole season with that happening. And now they beat a close to top team in L.A. And now they have three of the top teams in the East straight, Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston, the, three, the top three teams, to end off the season before they end off the season with Charlotte and Minnesota. So three out of the next five, last five games against top teams, very top teams at the top of the game right now, Greg. So if the Bulls are able to win these three games, that will be the end of the, 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 a very good touch to the end of the season and going into the playoffs on a positive note. Yeah, I, I agree. A big confidence booster saying like, yes, we can. I mean, they've already beat Boston, so they know they're capable. And they beat Boston when Boston was healthy. So they understand that they are capable of beating Boston. Right, like so, there's that. Like you said, it's Miami and Milwaukee. They played Milwaukee tough each time they played them. Miami and eh, not so much. So I think this Miami game is one that they really need to have as far as their confidence going forward. Mm-hmm. So out of both of these teams, I think if they beat Milwaukee, that's a confidence boost to hide. And and listen, they got they can't get swept by Milwaukee after what the, uh, their little turd did to Alice Caruso. <laughs> I, they can't they can't get swept by them guys man. No, they I, have to I, get at least one game I, I just feel like with the Milwaukee thing I feel like like I said they played them tough each time so I feel like the Bulls know that they can beat Milwaukee right yeah, like it's just blown been, out the last game Greg um yeah but I mean like for a while they were playing a tough I think like in knowing the style that Milwaukee plays and like you said you've kind of broken down in how Milwaukee plays defensively and things but I feel like they know that they are capable of beating Milwaukee. Like, you know, a couple of the games have just been a couple of tough breaks where they just hasn't gone their way and then they lost the game. Right. So I think, you know, but as far as Miami, like these games haven't really been close when they should have been. So I think I, for me, I feel like beating Miami would be more of a confidence booster to prove like, yes, we can hang with these guys. Quick joke, man. Uh, Patrick Williams, while he was in his press conference, he's sitting there talking to the reporter. And then you just hear somebody yell out, where to hit that three? <laughs> DeMar DeRozan yelling from the back. And then Patrick Williams, so embarrassed, he put his head down and he picked his head back up and said, where to get 50? He's like, and then that DeRozan yelled back, nah, we won because of that three you hit. He's like, well, subtract. So Pat looks at DeMar, he's like, well, subtract three from 50. 
Oh man, these guys really get along. And then you look at the shower that they gave Demar in the uh, yeah. locker room, dumping all the water on him. These guys get along, man. Yeah, they yeah. tried to get to him on the court too. He ran away. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I do like I, I I do like the fact that these guys are an actual team, right? Like, and they come together. And, you know, DeBar's preached this about their adversity and needing that to figure out what team they're going to be. But I, I do like the fact that they genuinely enjoy being there with each other and playing for each other. I think that goes far, you know, as far as, like, you talk about these teams, like you talk about a Brooklyn, you talk about uh, a Lakers team, right? Like, those guys just hire mercenaries, right? Like, they're there for one year to try to win a championship, and that is, that's it. Well, you get teams like a Phoenix like a Milwaukee, like a Chicago, like a Miami, right? They these are actual teams. So when they play together, they feed off each other. And I think that, in the long run, works better than kind of doing this year-to-year thing. Yeah, and then there was a second part where uh, Pat was late, and um, the reporter asked DeRozan, uh, DeRozan uh, a question about Pat being late. Well, how do y'all treat him? And DeRozan looked back at the reporter. He was like, "He said that." Uh, he, I'm gonna have to talk to him. He's not supposed to be saying that to the reporters that he was late. He's like, yeah, we're gonna have to let him know. We're gonna have to let him know. Those <laughs> <laughs> guys are up there playing around, man. But it's good, like I said, to see the chemistry. You need that, especially going to the playoffs. You need those positive vibes. I just wish we could get um, Lonzo Ball back to complete our team. Yeah, like I said, they're still, you know, Billy Donovan said they're not ruling him out from return, uh, returning before the playoffs, and they said like they're they're fine with him not playing, you know, not playing for the rest of the regular season and starting him in the playoffs. So hopefully uh, his knee responds well to the rehab and everything. We can get him back uh, for the first round. All right, great show, brother. All right, Bulls fans, um, please like and subscribe. Leave your comments below on anything that we talked about on the show. And please share with your friends um, also on Facebook or YouTube or anywhere else. Share this video. And um, that's it. Yes, yes. Please, please like, subscribe, and share with anybody and everybody, even the, uh, you know, the, the lady at the checkout counter at the grocery store. Just let her know about us and, you know, so we can get some more fans to continue giving you guys great content and spreading the word. All right, Chicago and Bulls fans around the world. Another one bites the dust in the L.A. Clippers, and hopefully Miami will be biting the dust on Monday. Go Bulls. Let's go Bulls.